Welcome back to West Coast Mix and Bounce. I'm your co-host Leslie Torres, joined by... I'm Bronna Marks. West Coast Mix and Bounce is brought to you by Sports Al Dente, your recipe for L.A. sports. If you love this podcast and love L.A. sports, then you need to go check out SportsAlDente.com right now. We are a Los Angeles player-centric media platform, and our passion is to feature the great players and teams of L.A., We are also fully dedicated to giving expert weekly and daily advice in the world of fantasy football. We also offer three different affordable membership packages, monthly, yearly, and lifetime. So when you go to subscribe, make sure to use our promo code WCMB and get 10% off any package. And also make sure to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram once you've subscribed. So not much has kind of happened during this NBA offseason, but enough has happened that we can kind of talk and chat about what we think. Um, Draymond Green has signed a contract extension. Lance Stevenson is going to China. There has been leaks on the NBA schedule. So we're going to talk all about that. And also we want to touch on the WNBA, which is getting closer to playoff time. So, um, and of course, we'll talk about our West Coast teams once it comes to the WNBA. But first, let's go um, talk about Draymond Green. Let's start off with him. He recently agreed to an extension with the Warriors for four years, $100 million dollars. Hundred million dollar deal. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so he definitely secured secured the bag with that one, <laughs> right? What do you think? Was that a good deal? Bad deal? Should he have waited? I mean, I think honestly, he's a good investment. Now, the only thing that like is kind of unbalanced is that he has a play option when Steph and Clay don't. So, and Draymond can literally get, like, an extra $11 million if he actually seeks a trade uh, with that contract that he has right now. So, obviously, I, what it looks like is Draymond was in there negotiating. (laughs) Yeah. And the Warriors were kind of like, okay, man, like, you've done a lot for this team. We're definitely going to give you as much as we can. And that's basically what the deal came down to and I agree with the Warriors kind of taking a risk with risk a risk with that because obviously looking at their team now they're not the same team they were six months ago (laughs) you know so um Clay is out for a full year you have Steph Durant's gone um and Draymond is really a key piece if he stays around he is going to not only improve the legacy that he already has but kind of allow the Warriors not to deflate completely. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, props to Rich Paul because he, you know, him and Draymond Green made this deal, so they must be pretty Mm -hmm. happy right now. And I would say it's kind of like a win-win, I think, for both of them. It's a good deal for Draymond just because he is, he's not as young as he was maybe three or four years ago when he was, like, better and at his prime. So this contract gives him, you know, a little bit more of certainty going into the next three or four years of his career when he's, like, hitting, like, 33 and 34. And, you know, I kind of thought, like, you know, what if he would have gone to the free agent market, you know, in the next couple of years? Let's say he signed just a one- or two-year deal with the Warriors. 
I think his value would have diminished maybe just a little bit just because simply of his age. You know, look at how, yeah. how much trouble Carmelo Anthony and Jeremy Lin are having trying to get into the league. And so I would just say I think it was a very smart choice by Draymond. And, you know, he's definitely getting his money. Not as much as he probably would have gotten in free agency, but still a lot for four years. You know, yeah. and so That's I think a lot of security behind those numbers too. Yes, exactly. And then they also, like you said, they put in a a player option for him, so that kind of helps him out, just if he's traded or not. And then I think recently, new information has came out that he has a trade kicker in his contract, so he will receive fifteen percent, mm-hmm. which means if he gets traded, he'll kind of um, get the money he was owed times like 15% or something like that. Just basically he gets traded, he gets more money. <laughs> which, right, no, which that's is what I was saying that, that, that extra $11 million, mm-hmm. that's basically what he could get considering what his contract has with the with the kicker. Exactly. And so I just think like it's a win-win for both. So if, it, if the Warriors don't want him, they're going to make it tough to kind of get rid of him. But, you know, in a way it's kind of saying like, look at how tough we're making it to get rid of you. That's because we're kind of not – planning to get rid of you so I don't know it's the Warriors it's like a kind of a classic move they just keep on fostering this culture of like we take care of our players and it's a player first organization you know and so I feel it makes that's weird it allows Green to be a little bit more comfortable and like you know okay well I'm gonna be here for at least three more years let's win a championship let's do this so yeah and he said that too he said you know he wants to stay around for a while now and and that that those words you know can be a little um risky to say nowadays because it seems like players are more into themselves or not players and organizations are more into themselves than anybody else right now but he I mean I don't know he kind of reminds me of Iguodala in a way that he really loved the franchise like you know he changed his whole demeanor you know he stopped going after refs and he started to focus more on his teammates um so kind of he made like an emotional change there which I'm sure gives a heavy connection um he won championships there you know he was named defensive player of the year in 2017 so it's kind of like he's built a history and he he definitely succeeded in getting a contract to back what he's already given the Warriors. Yeah, I totally agree. He's worth definitely that money and stuff. It's just, you know, the I don't know. It's just the NBA is getting so much better and free agency is like getting so much bigger and widespread that you have so many options. And I think it was a wise choice yeah. for him to just get a contract extension with a team he already knows in a place he already knows and, you know, keep winning because that's what it's all about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, on the flip side of that, Lance Stevenson, who was just with the Lakers for a little kind of comfortable one-year contract that he had turned around and goes to China. <laughs> I was completely blindsided by that. Did you see that coming? I did not. I Honestly, I was like, I wonder what team's going to sign him just because – he really didn't get any bite during free agency. So, I mean, I don't want to say, like, oh, my God, I knew it was coming. But he had to go somewhere. He had to sign somewhere. But I did not oh, see yeah. China coming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, China. I was like, China? Like, I would have never thought he would have just 
went overseas, you know, like he's a good player. It's hard for him because he jumped around a lot of teams in the last few years. I mean, seven to be exact. <laughs> I mean, he was on the Pacers, he was on the Hornets, he was on the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, and then the Lakers. So he hasn't got that that spotlight time. Like everybody really, I think for the most part, people know that Lance Stevenson is a good player, but he, he's just always been, you know, that bench player, some guy to come off the bench. He's never been the superstar, but I just don't know if I agree with him going to China to like up his game and then trying to come back. You know, I I feel like it's harder to transition back than to just kind of stay in the league or maybe even go to like, you know, like the D league or something like that. Then to go all the way overseas where they play completely differently. They have all these restrictions on foreign players. You know, you may or may not, you may or may not get time, you know, you may or may not start. So I, I don't know, like I'm actually really curious to kind of just keep track of what he's going to be doing in China and if he plans to come back. So you, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I think it's a good choice for him. Just because okay, two things. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't hate me, Bronna. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> She's like, you're, entitled you're the to worst your own now. Opinion. That's why we're having this conversation. <laughs> no, but, no, but I see your point. I know what you mean. But I feel that two things are kind of different for Lance Stevenson. Is that one, he just signed a one-year deal. And so I feel that he's going to make himself then available for next year's free agency when it's about to be another good time where where super teams are going to keep being made or kept are going to be moved around. So I feel like he's like, you know what? If I'm him, this is what I'm thinking. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's really close. <laughs> but he's probably thinking, you know, no team has signed me. Let me go play for China one year, $4 million dollars. Why not, rather than just sitting on my ass, like, getting old and wasting time, and then still have that opportunity to either, one, gain way more fans in China, where the NBA is already so big and so crazy. If he goes over there, gets a bunch of fans, balls out, and, like, plays good, next next free agency, they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, he could be a good complement to this super team we're trying to build, or he can complement this. And he already comes with all this, like, extraness that we already know of Lance Stevenson so I feel like if he plays well it could work out in his favor and that's the key right there playing well I mean he's kind of versatile off the ball and can you know work in many different kind of defensive lineups so I just feel like if he can work and make it work then it's going to be a positive thing but if not then I, I would be more headed towards your way he, he can get lost out there and everybody just suddenly forget his name unless like he's that, like yeah. doing crazy and amazing stuff out there that kind of makes you remember his name. So hopefully I'm being maybe more optimistic and it's going to go positively well and that he's going to ball out and continue to come back. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure that was his whole like whole strategy. So it's not <laughs> like you're off, you're off the mark at all. I'm sure that what he's hoping to do is exactly what you said so i don't know like i said i'm 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 gonna keep up with it i want to see what happens because i mean there's other players like for example um nick young he also was with the lakers for a while then he went to the warriors you know and then after that he kind of just stopped playing basketball or people did or not people but teams didn't want him or he wasn't like a value to their team 
And so now he's just not playing basketball. Maybe if he would have gone to China, would have things changed? Who knows? But, you know, at least Stevenson is out there trying to take a chance and not, you know, be like... Just stop playing. Exactly. Or like, end up like, uh, like I've talked about them before, like Carmelo or Jeremy Lane, who can't even get jobs, basically. So, basically. I mean, it, I feel like it's a balance. And if he thinks he can boss out and work it out, then we'll see. I'm with you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the next thing we have is the op- opening night of the NBA um, season leaked. So we know who's playing each other on October 22nd. Um, the Toronto Ra- the Toronto Raptors against the Pelicans and the Lakers against the Clippers. Obviously, I think ho- hopefully both of us definitely are looking forward to L.A. versus L.A. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. I'm like, oh. We've discussed so many trades and signings and who should go where and and who should be there and this and that, that just to finally see it come to fruition and like right in front of our faces and actually like watch it and like no stats. It's just, I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm like, I'm so excited. You know what I'm also excited about? The fans. Yeah. I wonder whose home it's going to (laughs) be. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because um, it just yeah, I haven't staples. actually seen like if it's gonna be away or or home. Yeah, because it just said in the like you know on the leaks it just says it just says Staples Center. Well, like duh, but like is it gonna be the Clippers home? Is it gonna be the Lakers home? Because you know the fans right now are gonna go crazy, especially for opening day. Like, oh, amazing. Oh yeah, I'm sure all all the tickets are already bought out. Like, <laughs> like that that's not that. I mean, the center is gonna be filled. Like, I believe like every game. There's no way it's not. So I'm I'm just excited to see the matchups. I'm excited to see you know because obviously that's probably the biggest rivalry right now is who is going to be LA's team. That's been the question last season, and it's still the question like heading into it because you have. Two really just power-filled teams, but just different spectrums of basketball almost, and they're they're facing off like, and they're literally across the street from each other, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of like I'm super excited to see not only like the energy, but the talent display. You know, the the drama that I'm sure is gonna fill the stadium between celebrities attending and all kinds of stuff. Who takes sides of what? Uh, but yeah, definitely going to be watching that on opening day, no matter where I am. <laughs> yeah, no, that game is gonna be intense and exciting, just for the same reasons you just said. There's like a game within a game, you know. People are going to see Paul George and, you know, how he wanted to be a Laker and then he didn't. And then see, he went to OKC. Now he's with the Clippers. So that's going to be like one interpersonal battle between fans and Paul George and then Kawhi, same thing. And then, you know, Clippers fans and Lakers fans and bandwagoner fans. And uh, it's going to be little battles between the battle. LeBron is going to do when he comes back, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then there's AD and then... There's no more, like, Brandon Ingram, no more Lonzo Ball. So it's just going to be a completely, totally different dynamic. And so I'm just, honestly, I'm excited. It's some, even if I wasn't a fan of the Lakers, I would still be excited to watch this game because there's just so much going on that we, yeah. can, that we can all get a little piece of fun from. <laughs> yeah. And then on the flip side, you have Toronto 
and the Pelicans facing off. So the uh, former NBA champs mm-hmm. and um, Zion, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Zion and his little young crew that they acquired from the from the Lakers. So I feel like that is completely, not complete opposite sides of the spectrum for such a game, but it's just kind of going to um, just tell us the story of, you know, young young guys versus older guys, I feel like. I think so, too. Kind of like, a, I feel like what they're trying to set up is like a mature team because the Raptors, you know, just won. So they should be looked at as mature and like we got this. Yeah. And then you have like a team full of like less than three years players on one squad. And then you have Zion, who's like made such a name for himself in the past two years. And I'm just excited to see him, period, <laughs> you know, how, yeah, how his yeah, game exactly. translates to the NBA. And then you add all the components that is Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and then you have a couple of vets on the Pelicans. And that's basically a really solid team. Let's see how they handle the NBA kind of way. So I'm excited for that, too. That's going to be another must-watch. Yeah. Must-watch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready for October 22nd. I'm yeah. counting down the days. Okay, so <laughs> which day are you most, most excited for, opening day or Christmas day? Christmas definitely more excited for Christmas yeah so Christmas day games they have Lakers versus Clippers also we don't know whose home it will technically be we're gonna have Rockets versus Warriors at Warriors home well their new home Celtics versus Raptors at Toronto and Pelicans versus the Nuggets at Denver and last one sorry Bucks versus the 76ers at Philly so that's one, yeah. two, three, four, five matchups in one day. It's gonna be. I'm gonna. I can't move from the TV. Uh-huh. Like I'm gonna have to open my gifts in front of the TV. I'm gonna have to eat my turkey and you know stuffing in front of the TV. <laughs> like I'm not gonna move from in front of the TV because yeah, no. first off, you have all these teams that either are rivals. Well, most of them are rivals. Um, or some kind of dramatic entwine between the two. And then you have, like, now it's, like, a few months after, you know, the beginning of the season. So these teams are really going to be meshing and playing probably way different than they were on October 22nd to the 29th, you know, whatever, during that that first full week of games. So um, I'm excited to see all of and it's all the stars every star you can possibly think of you know returning nba champions you have you know honestly i'm excited for the bucks versus 76ers game mm-hmm. because i really think that both of those teams have a lot to prove in the eastern conference and they know that each other are are the ones to beat yeah they're like at the at least top three top five in the east and so if they're playing one against each other they have a lot to prove and to want to be like okay the bucks beat us but here we are here we're coming back or whatever but yeah that mm-hmm. was gonna be an exciting game i'm most yeah. excited for rockets versus warriors because I, I knew you were gonna say that how did you know <laughs> <laughs> i knew oh it. my god i cannot wait to see harden and westbrook on like one squad and then go against like curry Okay, granted, it'll probably just be Curry and Draymond Green because Thompson's still probably going to be injured and not going to play. But still, like, that combination, again, against the Warriors. Ooh, 
I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody's gonna like, like be. I, I feel like how it's gonna go like during, and, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what? Who are they gonna put like for prime time? Because mm-hmm. between the Bucks and Seventy Sixers, the, the Rockets and the Warriors and the Lakers and the Clippers, I feel like those are the top three games. Like you have the Celtics and the Raptors, but I feel like nobody's really. That's like kind of like. I don't know. I feel like nobody's really super anticipating that game, but it it is a good game to have on mm-hmm. for Christmas Day, you know. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like who that's are they the game put, you want to like, open your presents to? Television? <laughs> huh? That's the game you want to open your presents to. <laughs> I know. Basically, that's probably going to be like the first game of the day, and then it's going to like work its way out. Oh, and obviously, then you have you have the Pelicans and the Nuggets too, which is kind of like okay, like Zion. Yes, everybody wants to see Zion, but mm-hmm. the Nuggets, you they're already kind of a set team from last year. Nothing much has changed. They have both. They have both boy, but I mean, people are going to be watching him yeah. like the first few weeks, <laughs> they're, and they're not going to be watching specifically for him either. That exactly to me, and he's probably going to be coming off the bench if that. Yeah, agree. And then, anyways, to me, I think, or what do you think? The Portland Trailblazers are not mentioned on Christmas oh, Day. Oh yeah. So wow, most, I didn't even think about that. So most of the teams made it to like you know the postseason last last season, except the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. And so. Right. I was thinking, well, who... So they, they kind of stole their spot. Yeah, so I feel like they kind of got a little bit snubbed. Or, like, you know, Damian Lillard is not good enough for a Christmas Day game. Is that what you're trying to tell me? And I love some... Base, I, I think... <laughs> I think what it was is that Zion beats out Damian Lillard. Oh, of course. <laughs> I think definitely that's what it was. But it's just like, wow. So that's what people think, that people are more willing to see Zion than Damian Lillard and, like, his squad. Which is totally yeah. fine, you know. It's happening. It's it's a leak, and I believe it. But that's crazy. How much more does Damian Lillard have to do to kind of prove himself as like a player that's Perfect worthy stuff. of a prime time game or a Christmas Day game? You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. It was just interesting I don't know. I to me. <laughs> I am not trying to start yeah, stuff, no. but <laughs> <laughs> here I am stirring the pot. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think honestly they they just have a little more to prove. Like they're yes they're capable, but I just feel like Damian Lillard really put on a show of his own really last season, especially in the yeah. postseason. Yeah, he showed um, off. So it doesn't give his whole team credibility. Like it gives him credibility, but it doesn't give like the whole trails trailblazer organization um credibility i think if they had another star another bigger star on their team then yeah but but i mean technically the same thing thing can be said about zion he's like probably the best person on the team right now and he's like hasn't even played an nba game you know unless you know you want to think of lonzo ball or brandon ingram or josh hart as or whoever else they got like as superstars which i don't think they are but you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just like, I i don't know. I felt it was kind of weird just because Damon Lillard has proved himself a little bit more. But I understand that people want to see Zion. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. How much? They want to see that young. I think it's really that young core, too. Like, 
that people are really, That's really true. excited to just see function and play. And I'm kind of worried because a lot of pressure is on them to play well, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I just, well, I don't know if they're going to live up to it. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. They're either going to strive or they're going to crack. And like you said, we'll see. <laughs> Especially since Zion seems so injury prone, so that's yes. definitely going to be a big thing too. Because if Zion's hurt, you know, the, the, the whole season, then the Pelicans are they're not as as luxurious as they put themselves off to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's the thing with the younger players. I've I read an article and I've noticed on my own that they are getting injured more earlier on in their careers. So it's kind of like what's going on what's happening are they going to be able to have a full career and if so what's why is it what's the problem behind all this you know and like you said so they have this schedule leak if he's injured come christmas day that's not gonna nobody wants to see that game then you know what i mean but we shall see hopefully you know everything all the basketball gods are in their favor and nobody gets injured this season because the way everything's working out, everybody has to be healthy and ready. I do not want to see Westbrook injured, Harden injured, LeBron James, Anthony yeah. Davis. Don't mess up my matchups, please. <laughs> uh, no, right? I mean, looking at the flip script and oh. the WNBA, they are dealing with exactly what we don't want to happen. <laughs> yeah. They are injury prone the whole through and through. And it honestly has like thrown teams for a flip heading towards uh, this playoff spout because you have major, I mean, major, major players just out, just out for the season or haven't played as much games as they should have played because they were trying to get rest. And then you have people like, you know, women rock. So moms who haven't played mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this season. So like, just to be specific, Seattle doesn't have Brianna Stewart. Yes. Um, the Aces have lost Asia Wilson for game in and game out. There's no Sue, Sue Bird's been injured this whole year. Uh, Phoenix doesn't have Diana Taurasi. I mean, and those are only a few to name, but those are the big, when you talk about the WNBA, most people know those names, you know, Mm -hmm. and those players are the ones that are not, not in. (laughs) And those are the important players that you need, especially like you said, it's so close to the playoffs. We're just a few weeks, less than a couple, I don't know, less or more, but we're almost there. And it's so tight that anybody, like, losing or missing a player is going to hurt their team drastically where they're no longer going to be either in the postseason or in, or trying to get a bye week. It's It comes down it's, to that Exactly. Point. So I feel like, and even, you know, pre, like, preseason predictions had, like, you know, the aces at the top and the... The sparks at the top, and you're not seeing those teams at the top because their players are injured <laughs> or they're still trying to rekindle or mesh their their new players that they have. So right now you have the Sun in the first spot, which is like 
I don't remember the last time the Connecticut <laughs> Sun was first in the WNBA rankings. I mean, to be honest with you, um, you have the Mystics, which is not surprising because Ella Deladon is literally oh the God. one superstar that has managed not to get injured. Mind you, she has to wear a face mask to play. Yeah. And then you have Aces in third. And then the top eight is only separated by a few games each, which is not which is not I would say not normal for the for the WNBA, but um, usually they're separated. They have a larger gap, you know, within those top few teams of, of games. And I think the fact that a lot of superstars are out have made it way more competitive because now you have all these younger players or players or these players coming off the bench that are like, okay, it's time for me to prove myself. I, I have the time now. Um, so that's kind of what set them up. And it's definitely very interesting to see. And I think it's great for women's basketball overall because not only do you have this this higher competition all of a sudden, but you also have people more people looking at them. You know, they're they're more they're on more mainstream TV now and they're they're big with the whole promotion of the WNBA and they have superstars coming to see them. So I think overall this is it a different year for the WNBA, but I think it's a really great year too. Yeah, it's it's totally different and the injuries you know, you never want to see a player get hurt or injured, but the way it has, like you said, transformed it a little bit. It kind of brings more competition and makes it more competitive because if you lose a player, and like you said, that top eight spots, those are tight. You lose a player, you go on a losing streak, you're probably out of the postseason or you're out of, you lost your seating or you lost your bye week. And that's basically at towards the end is what you don't want to happen. And it's crazy that that is what's happening. So everybody has to rely on the lesser-known players. If that's you know nothing, nothing against the way they play or how or you know their ability. It's just that they're lesser known. So it's like, for example, for the Sparks, Candace Parker. <clears throat> sorry, she was she started off you know being injured. And then it had to rely on everybody else. And then now that she's back, you have to learn how to mesh with her back in there. So it's like it's a whole new process and that every team has to go through. And it's crazy that it's happening all at the same time for the WNBA right now. Crazy. Literally every team is going through like the same thing. Like they're all their major stars. At least one major star in every team has either been injured, is injured, or is recovering from an injury. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's pretty crazy, but um, yeah, I think I think honestly, I, I just think overall women's sports this past year has been fantastic. So yes. you know, I have I have no complaints, but I definitely definitely want to see obviously these superstars come back and play because you know what's with what's sports without superstars? You know, yes, <laughs> I I agree, I agree. All right. Thanks, guys. That's all we have for today. Um, we hope you keep in touch. Come back. Follow us on social media. Make sure to watch, uh, listen to any episodes that you haven't listened to yet. And again, I am your co-host, co-host Bronna Marks, and I'm with Leslie Torres.